0: Welcome back to another episode of Toys on Tap. I am the most stoked because this is the 100th episode with Death and Strawberries. He takes up wax sculpting, he takes up uh, illustrating, and he finds joy in them, and it's an intoxicating joy that he is breathing life into. If you want more Toys on Tap, you can follow on the socials at Toys on Tap, and if you want a little bit more, you want to support the show, you can join the Patreon. Jump on there, I'll send you some free gifts. And if you want to do us a favor, it costs you nothing, means everything to us. Like, subscribe to this podcast. Now it's time to enjoy the 100th episode of Toys on Tap.
1: Oh, it's muted. Can you hear me now?
0: Hell yeah, I can hear you now. (laughs) bro. It, I uh, like I'm so stoked you're my hundredth episode
1: <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy I uh I guess I'm honored that's uh that's a huge thing for you that's awesome I, I'm a huge fan of the show I've listened to just about every episode so it's fantastic
0: that's too much time with my voice maybe you don't do that
1: <laughs> that is a lot of time with your voice I you, you, yeah. got me through many a mile on the on the long highway it's been fantastic
0: there's been a couple people that have messaged me that have said something like um i drove 15 hours and this is what i listened to the whole time and my only response is like what the hell are you doing to yourself like don't do that
1: <laughs> it, it's easy to do though it's just it just flows you know that's the hope i
0: you know uh when i listened back to it I'm glad that everyone thinks that because when I listen back to it, I'm editing, most of the time, it's a thing of like, this sounds awful. Like my, (laughs) just because it's your own voice you're listening to. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. And
0: I hate that. I hate that so much.
1: I feel you there. I have the same feelings about my voice, but I won't listen to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: But hey, I'm glad you're here. Please introduce yourself. You know the whole way to do it.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, my name is John. I go by Death and Strawberries uh, on Instagram. That's basically where you can find me.
0: I'm that was the best in like <laughs> whole thing right there. That's um, it. I'm stoked that you're on because you, I remember reaching out and you had said, um, <clears throat> you said something like, Oh, cool, it's far enough away, maybe I will have made something.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah. you were ingrained enough in the toy community that I was like, no, nah, I don't care. Like, you're coming on. Like, <laughs> why does it matter?
1: Uh, I uh, appreciate that. Yeah, I, I sort of came to terms with, like, um, maybe I don't have to sell a bunch of stuff to right. be considered an artist in this community. So it's uh, it's an honor. I, I, I appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah. Uh, can Like, I need you to say that again for the people in the back so that people get, like... <laughs> Whether you sell one toy or no toys, like you can still be an artist here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's, I, I, I don't, um, I've been struggling with this cause I'm coming up on like a thousand followers on Instagram yeah. too. And it's like, I don't want to be the, uh, used car salesman, like try and, you know, grab, make people do a bunch of stuff that makes my stuff grow. I, I, I'm proud of the fact that it's been kind of like a natural growth. And the people that are there are actually interested in what I'm doing and, and I'm trying to be pretty honest about like, this is just me and I'm just trying to do this stuff in my spare time. And it's, it's fun for me, but you know, if you're not into it, you're not into it. I, I, you know, it's fine by me. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's been a struggle to kind of figure out how to like celebrate that and like give something back to people. Cause there's a lot of people who have been with me for like three years now that, yeah. uh, you know, I'd like to give something back for sure because I've gotten so much out of this community. Um, but just try to do that without like making people jump through hoops, I guess.
0: I find that that's the hardest thing. Um, I think that's why I love the podcast because it's become my love letter back to the community. Um, but which is like toys on tap is its own thing. But as like the toy maker Yucko Toys, like I don't know how to give back to a community that has brought so much life. I don't know what that looks like.
1: I'm with you. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm struggling
0: with. Yeah. And so I think the cool part is just like, I kind of wrestled it and I keep thinking like the way that I can give back is I'm just going to keep creating. Yeah. Yeah. You could be here for it or not, but I'm going to keep doing it.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, I try and uh, I'm not necessarily like the tutorial guy, but I try and give tips and tricks. If there's something that I find out that's uh, like, Hey, this was an easier way to do this. You know, I try and share that information, too. I'm, I've been pretty good, I think, about, like, not not holding anything back. Like, I, you know, um, if anybody has any questions or whatever, I'm no expert in most of this stuff. But yeah, uh, my trial and error, maybe somebody can learn from that, you know. So I'm trying to put that stuff out.
0: Which, the tips and tricks, the sculpting, like, all that stuff, I'm most, this sounds bad, but, like, in the toy community, I'm most stoked about you guys. Because, like, you guys are working through the process. The rest of us get to look at it and be like, awesome. Thanks for doing the hard work. I'm now going to use that to (laughs) my toys. Um, And so seeing not only, like, like walking to Decon and seeing everyone, but seeing you and Kerfloss at the same booth, both of you doing the same things, like, sculpting. And then not, like, I think the way you give back, like, you're not there trying to, like, sell yourself you're there and your whole point was like none of this is how you do these things like watch me sculpt watch me do this
1: for sure and and i dove way into the into the wax part of it sculpting wax and recipes and like figuring out how to make different recipes and what they do and that's where it's like i'm trying to just open that up It, it seems like this um thing that's kind of lost to history it's mm-hmm. uh, a tool that uh, that i see a lot of potential for and i see a lot of folks could probably use it and uh, and really benefit from it so I'm, I'm trying to like get that word out basically like hey i i tried this thing and it's working for me yeah here take take some wax try it out see if you like it too i mean obviously not, it's not for everybody but um for me it's it, it was that way to kind of you know I always struggled with like, when I'm sculpting something in clay, I'm, I'm make, working on fine details on one side and I'm squishing them all up on the back side. you know? <laughs> and it's, yeah. And then you flip it around and do the exact opposite. You're constantly struggling with like, where do I find the details? So yeah, you can, you don't have to worry about that. You just do generic shapes, mold and cast that. And then the wax is hard enough that it doesn't, it doesn't do that to you. And you can keep all those fine details and you can get a lot of sharper detail than you ever could with anything soft, like, like, uh, clay. And, uh, I found that that's where like you get that feel like Kurt is number two is a good example. It feels like the old Kenner style because mm-hmm. of the materials he used, you know, and without even trying just using that material, you start seeing that come out, you know, it just shows up and it's, uh, it's like, Oh, that's, that was the magic key right there. You know?
0: Yeah. So I, I think your guys' importance in the community. And I, I think you as an artist, what you give back at least to people like me is um, you are a good reminder of like the breadth of this community because I um, sadly, I don't work in wax. I don't work in sculpting like that. I never have. And I probably never will. It's a dream that Scott Hensi does it, but it's not going to happen for me. Um, I work with 3d sculptors and, and that's just where we're at in this day and age. And, but you uh being this type of artist that is working in wax are a good reminder to me like don't forget where we've come from but sure. also look at what's happening look what we can still do and keep up with everyone
1: <laughs> yeah i i <laughs> think about this all the time dude that i have this like affinity for like uh extinct um processes <laughs> yeah where it's like i i went back i i I I graduated high school in 1998, so if that dates me a little bit. but Dude, I was eight years (laughs) old. (laughs) So in high school, I took drafting classes where you would sit at a drafting table and you had to like draw a 3D object, right? Using angles and a protractor and all, all the, you know, measuring tools and stuff. And, like, I went back and I bought all that stuff again. I started drawing mechanical drawings again just because I love it. I I don't know. So I'm sort of that way, I think. Like, the sculpting stuff, the handmade things, hand-drawn, hand-painted. Then the wax is another one where it's like, yeah, you can do it really easily in a 3D program, I think. And and, and that's great. And I've seen a lot of people that I look up to in that world. Um, and I will eventually get there, but like, this is, this is where I'm, what's exciting for me right now. Yeah. And, uh, and I think too, like for me, a a lot of the stuff, like the more digital you get and virtual and all that kind of stuff, I'm really attracted to like something I can hold in my hands or something that somebody has done personally hand painted stuff. Like that's attractive to me. And so, you know, if anybody else is into that, then, you know, that's what I'll be, that's what I'll be doing in the future too.
0: Yeah, um, that is so crazy. Yeah, that did date you a little bit. I was eight (laughs) years old. I didn't even start high school until like two thousand five. So I was at I was
1: at college in yeah two thousand two. I graduated college.
0: Okay. Yeah, I didn't even start college till two thousand nine. What's crazy is we like when people say things like that. I have people on one end of the spectrum like uh, suck Lord born in like I don't know the seventies or something like sixty nine or something. Uh, and then you're like before me. And then, uh, I just interviewed disgusted Justin and he is like 21 or 22. <laughs> right. So it's like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, I, you know, we've gotten so far Up, I want to get right back to you. I want to figure <laughs> yes, out sorry. like, no, 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 this is good. I want to figure out like why toys? Cause you, the more that you talk about different formats of art and stuff, it just um shows the type of artist that you are that you're dabbling in so many different things and um but let's walk it back childhood era you gotta have toys you grew up you're older than me so 80s 70s ish maybe um what kind of toys you have are you collecting at that point you just smashed them together what are you doing
1: yeah uh so I, I was right on the cusp i was born in in uh, early 1980 in february of 1980 so okay. Not quite a 70s kid. And I'm a little disappointed in that, but it's okay. We're going to get yeah. past it. Um, the My brother, though, was six years older. And so when I was coming up, I had a, a lot of his stuff around to play with. So I consider myself kind of an old soul when it comes to that toys and my influences and things like that, because we had... The old school 12-inch G.I. Joe's, we had chips figures, we had Battlestar Galactica, Star Wars, all, all that stuff that I wasn't really exposed to, but he had, so I got it through him, you know. Yeah. Uh the big one for me though was was G.I. Joe, Real American Hero. Those ones were like those right when I was at that perfect age, you know. My brother had gotten into it in the early 80s. And then, you know, like 84 85 86 it was just like yes give it all to me yeah <laughs> and um yeah my brother and i had a huge collection by by the time we got in the 90s um like we had probably 80 percent of the of the run um including the years. aircraft carrier not quite that we didn't oh, have the big okay. stuff my my mom would never go for that um <laughs> but we had a lot of vehicles just not like the giant ones like that yeah. um we did have the the whale the hovercraft thing like that yeah. was something my mom found at a yard sale from somebody else and i was that was one of my favorite toys um but that that sort of like we had some star wars figures but i was really into like the super articulated like realistic sculpts like that was that was it for me yeah. and i think that still is <laughs> you know in the back of my mind that's still a thing and uh and the more i've gotten into it now uh, older um i've really gotten into like the the sculptors you know guys that that did a lot of that work um uh bill culbertson uh i think he's on instagram like hoopla sculpture Mm -hmm. it's fantastic stuff um and then um bill Merkline is another one that was a really really good sculptor that did like 60% Sixty percent of the the whole run, and probably like a hundred percent of the ones that everybody loves yeah. were stuff that he sculpted. Um, and then um, and the cards too. We would keep the the card backs, and uh, we'd keep the file cards and all that stuff. I was a huge fan of the artwork that that now like coming back to it that Hector Grito did all those um, paintings of the of the guys for the card backs that were amazing. And we used to my brother and I used to do a bunch of art stuff where we would take those type of things and we would like try and reproduce them, you know, we would draw our own stuff. And then when I got a little older, my my other friend and I in like middle school would like put design our own characters and stuff, you know. I'm sure every kid's done it, but like um I was really into like creating my own things, making little the capes and stuff for the guys, building like ladders and structures for them to yeah. you know funny story when i was uh i was probably eight or so my brother and i were playing out in our backyard and we we always in that kind of um jungle vietnam era type play scenario right like that's perfect for gi joes well we like to dig these little like holes and put punji sticks so that would fall and get stabbed you know <laughs> and uh we, just, we were digging we was just like oh we're starting to get tunnels the so tunnel rats one of my favorite gi joe characters and we t- dug, like, a series of tunnels in the backyard. And uh, long story short, we found an electrical line <laughs> in our in our excavations. Yeah. And that was the end of digging tunnels in the backyard. But um, that's the kind of stuff, like, I think that now transfers into, like, stuff I'm trying to do is uh, enhancing that stuff, like, bringing something else to it. Um, I really like the original figures, but, you know. It's it's cool to bring my own flavor to it, have it something that enhances that, um, well, play value you could call it, I guess, or displayability. However, you want to mess with it, but you know that type yeah. of stuff really it, it excites me. So, hoping that you'll see more of that in the future. I mean, I'm I'm slow, I'm slow. It's a slow burn for me. But yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so here's the because that's what you had mostly when you were a kid. What are you collecting now as an adult? Now that you have more money. You have more like the ability. What are you collecting now?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I have, it's the same sob story I'm sure you've heard a bunch of times, but my mom got rid of all my GI Joes when I was like 14.
0: Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> it was one of those,
1: yeah. It was like, well, she gave it to a family in need, and it's like, I'm that's good, it's probably good. I'm sure they they enjoyed them and whatever, but yeah. there's not a day that goes by I wish that I hadn't found a way to keep them around. So uh yeah, I guess about 2018, 2019, I started collecting those back. Okay. And so I've got most of the G.I. Joe a Real American Hero line including the vehicles from like 82 to 94 and then I've got a few of the 2000s ones too but pretty much the the whole line uh except for the like the really obscure ones like the Toys R Us exclusives and stuff like that I don't I don't have. And most of the stuff I have isn't super pristine either. I you know, I don't really like to consider myself a collector, even though I have a large collection. A lot of it's like inspiration was something that I look at to, to be inspired by. So if the paint scuffed or whatever, I I don't care. You know yeah. what I mean? It's missing a couple accessories. I mean, I know what's there and actually that's kind of what got me into this was like, I was missing some stuff and I'm like, Oh, I could make my own. Mm-hmm. And I started looking into how to like make things. And uh, here we are. I'm just, I'm doing all the stuff now.
0: <laughs> yeah, which I I think those are the stories. It always is a sob story, right? Um, when we interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in the galaxy of bootleg treasures, DOV two,
1: we have an engine
0: failure.
1: We must crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait
0: salvation hooray we're saved in D.O.P. 2 limited edition custom artist made action figures and D.K.E. toys check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog Hooray for custom action figures D.K.E. cause there's so like all of us our toys are gone like only the greatest of the greatest parents saved them in an attic (laughs) and uh, sorry to all the moms that didn't do that
1: that was my wife's parents. Uh she has all the stuff. Uh they kept all the G.I. Joes uh from her brother, but those those went to him and his kids immediately destroyed them. And I, I cried secretly over that. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, but he didn't want the transformers, so I ended up with his old transformers. Hell yeah. Which was pretty cool. Uh and she had all the like Ewoks sets and stuff like oh, that. Shit. I yeah. have now they are pristine. So that that was cool. Uh the little plush ewoks, uh yeah. the the ewok playset, um a couple of different Star Wars things. So yeah, we, we got a few things out of it.
0: Yeah, holy moly. Um, <laughs> but I think it's also your like your superhero birth story, right? Like now you've give you've got a cause, now you're out to collect all the ones that your mom gave away. Yeah, exactly. I, I think about that all at like I love I've talked about it a couple of times the Cowboys and Moo Mesa line that came out in the 90s. Um, and the only reason I loved it was because I had a picture of me when I was really little. Um, and that's the toy that was in my hand. Yeah. And so and it I mean, it was 10 figures. I already have the whole line. So it, it was super easy to get. But it was like I wanted those just because I had that picture.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's cool, too. Like, I don't know. It's interesting to, like, have those memories when you're a kid and then and then also play with it as an adult. Like, it's it's this weird. I know it's a nostalgia hit, but it's more than that. It's kind of this connection thing. And to me, it's one, it's inspiring for the art side of it and, and the production and two, it's sort of like uh, it's like staying a kid again, like as you keeping right. your youthfulness alive. And, and uh, I've always been that way. Like I've always been a kid at heart, and I'm not ashamed of it. And I, I you know, I'm proud of that. So,
0: yeah, I I'm sure I mean a lot I, of
1: people we, here <laughs> agree with that.
0: Yeah, I I it's hard, especially with what we work with, like toys and stuff. If you have a bunch of toys, but you're ashamed that you have a bunch of toys, maybe toys isn't your thing.
1: <laughs> well. I mean, I'm 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 a closet collector. I'll put it out there, dude. Okay, so I, you have uh, a lot
0: of collecting then.
1: I have I have a lot of stuff. Uh, I don't necessarily like put it out there, and I don't really uh, like this group right here that we found. Uh, yeah. You know, our 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 group is totally cool, and I love it because I can be open, and I can be myself about this stuff. I, outside of that group, I don't tell anybody about any of this stuff. I'm right. I don't know if it's an embarrassment or if it's just me, like not wanting to like explain things (laughs) to people that don't understand, but like, I don't really, it's a different side of me that I don't tell people about usually.
0: Yeah, I get that. The, um, what's weird at my day job, they don't know that I do a podcast or that I make toys and stuff. Um, I have my toys in my office here, but, um, like the the podcast is heard all around the world, so at some point, someone here could potentially hear it uh, oh, yeah. and then not know who it is, which is awesome. Yeah, um, well, yeah, I definitely here. get that.
1: There's um, there's one work friend that's also an artist that knows about my stuff, and then and then my brother. Yeah, and that's basically it outside of our toy group that uh, that knows anything about what I'm doing here.
0: What's funny is to when we talk about the toy group. It makes it sound like it's like 10 people. The toy group is so big. <laughs> <laughs> it's so big. That's true. Like there's so many people. And it keeps getting bigger. Yeah. And what's crazy is um, this is off topic. I don't know if you know the artist uh Have you ever heard that, mm-hmm. to- that artist? Um, they were at Decon. Yeah. Um, fantastic artist. Um, they just posted something today that they're getting a Netflix show based on their, on their toys.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So
0: it's like the toy community is going nuts. Um, anyways, um, so you have all these toys uh, growing up, get rid of them, start collecting them again. You go to college. Do you go to college for art? Yeah. Is that where the artist like part of you starts to come to life?
1: Yeah. I had a really good art teacher in high school actually that, uh, that really encouraged me and um i had a a couple of friends there that were super talented and you know it was that group of like hey we're pushing each other to be better and we're playing around with things and you know i'm a big fan of uh caravaggio Mm -hmm. I, i came up in like fine art and oil painting and he's one of my favorite painters he's an amazing uh painter like you know technique wise but also he was very subversive like he would paint these things for the catholic church and put all these like sexual innuendos in them and stuff And like i I, it's just it's it's as punk rock as you can be for like the 16th century you know and uh that's the kind of stuff like we would we would play around with stuff like that in high school i mean not that bad but like (laughs) putting secret messages to each other in, in our artwork and stuff um and so that, that like really kind of got me excited about pursuing art. I went to college for uh, visual communications with a, I got an emphasis in illustration. So this graphic design and, and uh, figure painting mostly um, that I got there. It was a four year degree and same deal there. I had a gr- group of folks, uh, probably about 10 of us that were like really good, like solid artists. And we would, constantly be pushing each other joking around hidden things in our artwork and kind of just have fun with it and um then I graduated from there I uh I went off to um I was living in Rancho Cucamonga yep. California I got a job with a company called the Van Group doing product design And it was one of those, like, oh, it's a dream job, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. you could draw all day and whatever. And uh, it really just turned into drudgery, honestly. It was (laughs) not much fun. It was like like that movie Office Space, you know? So I tell everybody where you're just kind of, like, sitting in a dark office. All the light is just from your computer screens. And there's donuts, a pile of donuts. And there's the annoying girl over in the corner making, like, clicky noises with her mouth or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh and really the thing there was like we had this a, a group of two or three folks that i went to school with that were super talented and uh that we just weren't being used you know for our artistic skills very much it was like hey you had all this group of folks that could just come up with anything you wanted and make it real but they would come to us with like a starbucks uh you know pamphlet and be like copy this because it's it's selling right now or whatever yeah. you know and that that was what was really frustrating to me so I quit there after about six months and um I started doing something else entirely and I haven't gotten back to this until, until now like just before pandemic I guess it was 2019 I came back to my old Instagram account and started doing looking at toy stuff and getting into this this community and then of course pandemic hit and everybody was like doing things, doing creative things. And all of a sudden it was, I found that group again, you know, it's like artists, um, like Neostalgia and Kerr Floss. And I'm, I'm probably not going to mention people. I don't mean to upset people, but there's, there's just a whole number of folks that I started getting into with. Um, it was felt like college again, where I had this group of folks that I could bounce ideas off of. We're, you know, we're learning things together, trying new things. And, pushing each other to be better and it's just been fantastic and that's what keeps pushing me to do more and more eat with less and less time but yeah <laughs> keep trying so it's been awesome
0: yeah and you starting i mean you started that instagram what made you jump right back into toys
1: gi joe that was right i started collecting gi joes on the facebook facebook groups okay in like 18, 19. And then right around that 19 was like the, the uh, presidential campaign. It got super political on Facebook and I just got sick of it. So I went back to Instagram to get away from political nonsense and found this amazing community. And I've never looked back, honestly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Facebook is one of my favorite things when I want to laugh at how stupid people are. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) And the craziness that gets... Uh it's just – and uh, yeah, it is what it is. Um, so you, you – do you find – because this isn't a full-time thing for you, so you still are no. working at some type of – are you working at some type of art job now? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, do you oh. find like the EU are like – this is going to sound brutal, but like – because you are an artist at heart, do you find that any work that is full time work outside of that is like detrimental, almost like you're like, oh, my heart.
1: Yeah, I've struggled with that, man. I um, I mean, I left it behind. Uh, okay, so when I left that job in California, it was like, okay, I'll go, I'll go. I, I worked for the U.S. government, so I, I took a government job. It's a steady paycheck. Yeah, it's very secure, right? Uh, but I was like, okay, I'll work there a couple years, build up my portfolio, and then I'll start doing like freelance illustration work. Yeah, and that just never materialized. I, you know, I did some work, I put a website together, I had some stuff, but like, unless you're really actively pursuing those type of commissions and stuff, like it's just it's hard, and and especially there, that was like, you know, two thousand two, two thousand three, and and now it's even harder, but like illustration is is a de- is a dying art too you know like yeah. a lot of people use photography and now you got the advent of the ai stuff where it's you know it's even harder to get somebody to commission a piece <laughs> of artwork um but it's, it was always like the art thing is is my passion right yeah and so uh i, I kind of i i put the art aside for a minute and I started a band I also play guitar. Most people in this community are also musicians. So I I focused on the band for a number, like maybe like three or four years there, kinda of in the middle. And uh we had a we had an album and stuff, and it was really fun. And then the band stopped that like everybody broke up. Thursday night, Thursday 7 live. p.m. YouTube live, it's Toys Alive! Life. Toys, Toys Live! Toys Alive! Toys Alive. Toys alive. This way cool artist unboxing. No way. Accounts under a thousand followers. What? Art out there for 30 bucks or less. Collector spotlight. Ooh, collect spot. Current upcoming shows and drops. Sure. Giveaways. What? Short chats with artists. <laughs> <laughs> and news from the hood. Yes. 100% indie all the time. That's, That's Toys, Toys, live. Live. Toys, Toys, Toys Live. Toys, Toys, Toys. Live. Thursday nights, 7 p.m. PST, YouTube Live. And then it was like, okay, maybe we'll come back to the art stuff, you know? Um, but I kind of, by that time had lost my footing in my like illustration world. Um, and it was tough, it was tough to kind of get, get rolling again, you know? So, uh, once I found the, the, uh, art or the toy community, it was this like, and I've heard other people on your show say this too, but it's like this conglomeration of all the, everything creative that i that I love, you know, it's like. There's sculpting involved. There's there's a a product design, there's um cardback art, you know. I can do original paintings, I can um actually construct the thing. And then there's the molding and casting, which I still struggle with. I'm still learning that side of it. And honestly, that's where everything kind of stops. Like (laughs) I have this like mental barrier of molding and casting things, but um, and then you can do like paint applications. That's another thing that I love doing. I'm I'm super into model making and um styrene stuff and and painting models and whatever so that's another part that i love to do uh and then you get into like the the product design like that's that's it all feels like a school project where like hey design a toy okay well come up with an idea sculpt it uh mold it cast it paint it design your product card back blister whatever put that together promote it you know maybe there's music video editing stuff involved with the promotion like it's everything all in one and it's so even if i don't make a ton of money at it it's really fun like it's a huge release for me it's a really fun uh exercise and then i get the community too so i don't think it's anything i'll stop doing anytime soon it's just really everything i love about creativity all enrolled in one
0: yeah This toy scene is very interesting. Uh, I remember first making toys and thinking um, it was a a niche art form, which it is. But um, more than anything, everyone has done some other form of creating. Everyone knows Photoshop. Everyone knows um, all these different crazy design elements. And if you don't, odds are the first person you type in on Instagram does know that. That's true and so um i that is a really cool that's why i like things like uh, making a mutant with um dimension x it's like yeah. all these different artists and styles coming together for one um things like that are incredible um yeah so in the midst of doing all that and like working this government job and 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 trying to be a part of this art like world that we're in you've dabbled in so many different types of art and now you're currently yeah. in wax sculpting and stuff. How are you like figuring out what you want to do? What does that look like to travel down those different paths and kind of pursue something?
1: Uh, that is a windy, rocky road. Honestly, I don't have that um, clarity of vision, I guess like uh, maybe, maybe I should. But, uh, Honestly, I start out with just kind of collaborations, and I still do a lot of collaborations with folks. Um, I I'm very much a team player, and I always like that camaraderie and and working together with people. And so, anytime I can like, we can work together on something, bounce ideas off of you, and you can give me feedback. Like, I thrive on that type of relationship. I feel like my work is much better because of it. I think it's super cool to to be able to like make your own thing from beginning to end. And like, that's it, you did everything. But like, I struggle with that because I don't, uh, I'm constantly second guessing myself. It's the, it's the artist dilemma. You're always critiquing your own stuff. Right. But sometimes that gets in the way of actually like, like finishing something.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um,
1: so that's how it started. Um, I do have, like, I got into, like I was following Kerr um, since way back. And so, you know, he had the armature kits and so I, that's where my general kale figure is coming from. Uh, went with the five points of articulation just because it was like, Oh, ultimately I want to get to like a GI Joe type thing, but like all, all those points of articulation makes everything <laughs> much more complicated. And so if I go back to the Kenner style, that's, they were kind of the, they weren't the first, but they did it really well and they've made it very popular to have the five points of articulation. If I can do that, then uh they'll build up my skills, right? And so I'm still working on that one. Um, that's where I'm in the middle of molding and casting. That's been uh it's been taking a while, but yeah, th- this this year I'll have that one uh in wax and they'll be finishing up the details so I can actually have that piece like available for people, it'll be fun. Um, but that's kind of where it's like, okay, I'm starting with that. Um and then I, I've gotten to where, like this year, I feel like I want to give people more of me. Uh, I've been kind of doing some projects here and there, collaborations, doing some things that other people are doing. But I haven't really shown people like I, I can paint, I can sculpt, I can do all these things. Um and so for me, this year, it's kind of the resolution is to show people more of what I am, what I can do take it or leave it but uh I, I'm gonna have fun doing it either way so
0: yeah and what's cool like we've even talked for the Astron comic book I have an idea in the future um and you were one of the artists that's like on the list of like how I'm gonna achieve this which I was so stoked to have I didn't even know you did that and then I saw it yeah. one day and it was like awesome
1: yeah I um, forgot about that too that that was a I did a, a it was more of a comic treatment um that was a guy on the internet back in the day. This is back in 2004, I think. Mm-hmm. So it was like forums, you know, Yeah. <laughs> MS DOS. But um, <laughs> that guy had a had a comic treatment that he had written and just didn't have an artist. And so he sent me that stuff, and uh, so I showed you. I, I, it's on my Instagram deep deep in there somewhere. But uh, it's like four or five pages I did. Of, yeah. of somebody else's uh, story that I illustrated, but that was really fun too. I'm a huge fan of comic book art and I know that's another dying art and uh, and you're not going to make a ton of money, but that's that's another thing I'd love to do in the future is is work on some comics and stuff um, to get to where I'm proficient enough at it where it's like quick, you know, that's, that's the catch. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more you do it, the better you get. That's where I'm at. I just want to keep doing stuff reps 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 getting better getting better that's that's kind of where i'm at
0: at what point did you switch the instagram over to death and strawberries that name and then you got to explain what that name is what are we we doing here
1: no i don't (laughs) uh yeah i don't see i think i switched it over it was somewhere in the middle of the pandemic like like late 2020 probably i created my own Cause I was kind of uh, perusing on my personal channel and, uh, and I was like, you know what? I can give something back, dude. I can start doing some of these things. And yeah. that's where I, I came up with my own thing. And yeah, I struggled with the name and uh, back and forth, back and forth on a bunch of things. Cause I didn't want to be, I didn't necessarily want to be tied to quote unquote toys or, uh quote unquote you know sculpting or whatever mm. and so I thought of it as like maybe I can have this generic kind of name that it can be whatever whatever I morph into you know me creatively that's sort of what I'm trying to express um and yeah the name I will tell you that the the origin of the name is buried in the internet somewhere it's uh I did reveal it once. Uh, and if somebody really wants to know, you can like send me a personal message. I'll, I'll talk to you about it, but I like to keep the mystery, uh, mystery alive for a little bit longer.
0: Yeah. As you, um, have gone down all these avenues of art and have, um, you've said that some of these are dying forms and you love going down those dying forms of art, (laughs) which is awesome. Um, why was wax your next one? Why was that the next jump from some of the other forms of art that you were already doing?
1: That's a good question. Uh, I'm not really sure. I I was joking around at Decon when we were explaining the process to everybody that like that we, me and Kurt Floss, we we like to do things the hard way. Yeah, for some for some silly reason. <laughs> um, and I think that's it, man. I I'm really uh, I've always been appreciative of the craftsmanship that someone puts into these things, and once I started realizing that like all these toys that I grew up with and loved and cherished and tried to draw and recreate when I was a kid that that was done by a, an artist a person that did that you know um by hand um that's where like it was really cool to see to figure out that process how did they do it and then and just give it a shot like you know it's just sort of like experimentation um and once I started doing it it was really fun mm-hmm. and i don't know i i enjoy the challenge of like plowing through those type of things like it's almost like archaeology figuring out how somebody used to do something back in the day and then like if you don't try it you, you'll never know if that's really right you know so that's where it's like okay we're trying it out and you're in your con then you're constantly like improving it or trying to like get closer to something some sort of perfection or whatever and that's really where i'm at um I mean, my my music was always that way too. Is this? Uh, I had a musician friend that listened to my album. And they were just like, "It's like you're searching. It's like a, a hunt for something. Like you know, there's never any resolution." And that's kind of that's where I'm at as an artist. I think it's just a constant like discovery and and uh, you know trying new things and trying to push myself and just pursuing you know something cool constantly. Yeah. So
0: yeah and you know, being at decon, it, I think that I mean, I haven't had a booth. Um, it's one thing to be standing there talking to people, yeah, another thing to have people come in and check out your booth, but a whole nother thing to be doing the craft that you've chosen to do in front of everyone. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so which is crazy.
1: <clears throat> well, a c- couple things, like one is, like I didn't see. I probably saw like a 10th of decon because I was at the booth for most of the time. Right. And so that's, I've heard you talk about that before when you, when you went, um, what was that last year two years ago? Yeah. But that dilemma of like, do you just walk around or do you have a booth and like, I think they both have their merits. Um, but you know, I saved some money being at the booth cause I would have spent a lot more money yeah. if I was just walking around. Um, but yeah, actually, like doing like where we were trying to sculpt and and do some of our work there at the workbench. Um, I think that was well. This is my first time there, so really that was Kerfloss's idea, and uh, and he was gracious enough to let me hone in, and horn in on his uh, booth there. Um, but it really kind of worked out that we we are very similar in our approaches. Um, <clears throat> we've become kind of close, like we're 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 friends. Uh, even though that was the first time we met in person we talk all the time. And so it was real easy to just kind of like, if he had to go somewhere, I could explain his stuff. I'd be, I'd be selling his stuff. He'd be trying to sell my stuff. We'd be talking about, uh, the process, which is the same process for both products. You know what I mean? So not that we were really selling, I hate to say it like we're selling things, but like people are interested in what you did, right. And how it got to be there. So, um, there was a lot of kind of education component. And, uh, along with that, like people are super interested if you, if you're just sitting there working, um, people come by and they're like, what are you working on? And it's like, well, this is my general kale figure. And this is the clay stage. This is the middle and here's the whole process, you know? So that was pretty cool. One that people were actually interested in that stuff. Cause you kind of yeah. get locked into your little, like. Get your blinders on, and I don't know if anybody cares, type of thing, um, and they do apparently. Um, but also that you know, you can kind of, uh, you know, show people like, yeah, I did this by hand, like it's it's real, or you, you can touch it, like you know, yeah. <laughs> and um, I, that's what I was gonna say about the 3D guys. I, I think that the 3D guys are super cool because you can do things like the making a mutant, where you can share parts across you know the world instantly. And that's something you can't do physically with physical media, but if you are in the room with somebody that's working on physical media, that's a different experience altogether too. You know, being able to see what somebody's creating, look at it, create, you know, uh, critique things, and uh, and see them uh, make fixes, you know, that type of thing. So, I like both. I don't. I'm not partial to either one. I'm just more comfortable in the physical format at this point in my life. You know.
0: Yeah. At Decon, you have these little tins. Oh yeah, and in those tins, uh, different types of wax, right?
1: The wax sampler, yeah, yeah.
0: What that is an interesting thing to sell, (laughs) and I only say that because it is. Um, if you like, man, if you don't appreciate toys and like how they used to be made, yeah, buying that seems crazy. Agreed. But if you are a toy maker, that is the coolest shit you've ever seen. <laughs> so Maybe. it's like, yeah, what made you think of making that type of a thing to sell at Decon?
1: Uh, well, a couple of things. First off, I, we sold out of them. I was surprised. Yep. I was shocked that we sold out of them because I was the same way as you. It's like, man, so niche. Like, yeah. <laughs> who's going to buy these things? So uh, obviously there's there's people that are interested in that process. Yeah. Um, but it came about because uh, uh, Kerfloss and I were, were working on, you know, wax sculpting. And wh- what he had done, he had bought a, uh, a horse head. Uh, it was like a Kenner toy that from the 80s that was uh, pretty big. It was, you know, almost, uh, I think, eight inches tall or something like that. And then he had taken chunks and melted that down. He had sent me some to play with. And then he was doing some of his uh, number two sculpts with that wax and um which is fantastic wax by the way and that's kind of where we got was like this is the 80s kenner stuff it is we like it that's kind of the gold standard but there's a limited supply how do we get more of that you know and so we started uh looking around and um uh, i think uh bantha five is his name on instagram he makes some wax and he, he makes excellent wax um i'd highly recommend his stuff um, but it's in small quantities. He's just, it's just his, his stash. And he's just sharing a couple things out here and there. Um, so we started diving way deep into like, uh, asking some of these old, uh, sculptors from, from the toy companies, like, what do you remember? How, what was the process? How did you make it? You know, what were the ingredients? Um, all that kind of stuff. And we, we gathered a, a collection of, uh, I know, probably up to like eight or 10 different recipes, um, And then we uh, also dove into Willow was an old uh, was a company that used to make sculpting wax in a, in a number of different varieties um, as a production. And they've shut down since then, but they, we found their recipes uh, online somewhere. Uh, Kerfloss found that. And so it was like, Oh, we have those recipes. Like let's try some of them, you know? So I went down the rabbit hole, the mad scientist, like, how do you make wax from all these um base properties? Like there's you know there's certain things, so like uh, not to get too deep, but uh, the Carnuba okay Car- Carnuba wax is a pretty um is usually in most sculpting wax because it's very hard. Mm-hmm. and that that's where you can get those fine details. It holds those fine details really well. but it's also very brittle. So you can't just use carnauba; you have to mix it with other things. So, uh, candelilla is is an ingredient that's also commonly mixed with carnauba, and you have to—they have different melting points, so you have to put certain ones in at a certain time, mm-hmm. or else you end up with a gloppy mess. Um, but um, then you have uh, beeswax. Uh, you have some paraffin. Uh, some of, some recipes have paraffin is an oil based, uh, petroleum based product. Some of them don't use those petroleum products. And then you get into like colorants and uh, pigments. uh, And then like stearic acid can help. uh, uh, It's a plasticizer. kind of helps make everything stick together. So there's all these different ingredients and it depends on how, what you want um, and how you make it that um, kind of makes all these different flavors, certain artists, like certain flavors. And then like, even between us, we like, um, there's some stuff that Willow made that's very soft and pliable. Like you can heat it up in your hands, almost like uh monster clay. Mm-hmm. So that's really useful. I like to use it uh, in my mold making. It makes really good. Like um, it replaces hot glue for like attaching, you know, uh, a side to a bottom type of mm-hmm. thing in a mold. And, uh, and it's cheap. It's non-toxic. It's, you know, don't feel bad about throwing that stuff in the garbage, that type of thing. So there's that. And then, um, you know, the sculpting wax too. Like it depends on what you're making. You may want something much more uh, stiff if you're doing a lot of like mechanical detail or if you're doing something much more amorphous, maybe you want something a little bit softer to get some of the softer details, that type of thing. So long story short, there's a bunch of flavors and uh, we ended up with all these different flavors. And it was just like, I was sending stuff to curve and and back and forth and we were trying the stuff and it was like, you know, why don't we see what other people think about it? You know, <clears throat> and so we just decided on three different flavors basically because we had more of those than any of the other ones. And, uh, and it was Kerf's idea to make the little, uh, micro machine molds. So they're little micro machine cars. And, and then I spent months like trying to write the little pamphlet that goes with it. Um, basically like talking about all this stuff like, how do you, how do you, do something with this like there's cold tools there's hot tools there's uh cutting things off there's welding things back on there's uh additive processes reductive processes you know all those different details and then then also like how do you melt it down and pour it into a mold and like that type of stuff so i tried really hard to hit the tops of the waves at least on all of those topics and get people kind of excited about it wet the appetite yeah. so that's the intent was like try this stuff out see what you think and then if there's any questions or you got like you hit a snag or something you can always send me a message and i'll I'll talk you through whatever but um so yeah we went with uh three different recipes one uh was the hensi scott hensi's recipe which he yeah. uh he put on that youtube uh, video i'm sure most people have seen uh the other one was a willow ice which is a very hard carnauba, uh kind of a uh, heavy wax recipe from Willow, the company that went out of out of uh, business. And then the third one was a 90 s Kenner. so um when uh so Dave at Dreamcastle Studios uh, gave me some of that wax. Uh, he worked with uh, Rudy vapp at Vap Studios after he had left Kenner. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ru- Rudy Vap was one of the sculptors that worked on the original Kenner figure line since the, its inception and uh and that was the wax that they had used at at rudy vap's uh studio and so he'd give me a bunch of that stuff and i made a couple cars of those and so those are the three recipes that people got and uh, hopefully are playing with i told everybody that bought one that like it's you're signing contract by buying this that you have to actually do something with it and then like tell me about it
0: yeah (laughs) how funny because
1: uh that's that's the it's like this like you like create this little baby and you put it out in the world and you're hoping that something comes back. Like did they do okay? I don't, does it suck? I don't know. You know? Yeah. So, but it was out there. I want to hear, I want to hear it back.
0: Well, the more you talk about it and the more that it makes me want to buy a tin where you've got like 12 little squares of the different waxes in there because yeah. there's so many out there.
1: Oh yeah. Um, yeah.
0: and it's, uh, it's crazy <laughs> to think that all of this exists and I probably, if I don't really go for it, I would never touch one. <laughs> like, if I don't really want to learn to sculpt or really want to learn this type of craft, odds are I might not never touch it. And you're making it really accessible for people like that.
1: Trying to. <laughs> uh, and, and this is the thing uh, you know, it's a tool. And like I say, maybe it's not for everybody, but yeah. for me, going from that clay stage to like final resin casts or or even production. If you're sending it off to a factory, it's an essential step. If you want it to look the way the vintage toys looked to me, that's that's why I went there. Mm. It, it has that uh, finished clean, like you can polish it up nice and smooth. Like it's got that look that I couldn't get any other way. And so, yeah, I hope that other people can try it out and see if they like it and hopefully, you know, it works for somebody and they, they can get to where they want to go. That's that's the whole point.
0: Yeah. At what point did you decide that you wanted to focus more on process stuff than trying to shell out as much work as possible?
1: I, I think I've always kind of – not that I'm focusing on process, <laughs> but I've always kind of been like – I haven't been here to like – I never got here to make money necessarily yeah. or like, you know, like I've never had that illusion, I guess, of like, I'm going to make a ton of money and make an art. Uh, But um, I still want to make some things. And like what I'm selling is, is basically just to recoup those costs so I can start making more things, which is a common thread on your show. Um, But I really kind of got into like the collaborative stuff, you know, and like sharing thoughts and ideas. Very early on, and I just it's just gotten more and more momentum, I guess, as I've gone through. And now I have a little bit more confidence, I have some more skills, and uh, there's a lot more like young people coming in just trying to figure things out. And so, for me, I don't, that's that's great. I'd love to help people like reach their creative goals. That's if there's a way we could make money at that, let me know. I'd love to figure that one out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, do you? I mean with the the different art forms that you've started to dabble in right and the different ones that you've been a part of is there something in you that drives you to find those different types of art forms that maybe not a lot of people are doing because there's something invigorating about knowing that you are one of a small group that's busting out some awesome stuff
1: uh well thanks um (laughs) but yeah I, i i don't i yeah i guess so um I mean, my brother is an archaeologist, and we were always into that kind of stuff. Uh, i I grew up in backwoods places where we we're always just exploring the outdoors and like finding the little nooks and crannies and caves and like so that kind of discovery stuff has always been a thing that I've enjoyed. Yeah. So maybe that that's part of it. i I hadn't really thought that deep into it, but um the the research of it is definitely an exciting part of it for me and to be able to share that research and and have other people like oh yeah that's really cool like thanks for sharing that is just reward enough to make me want to keep doing it you know mm. yeah <laughs> so i don't know why but i i do enjoy that stuff yes for sure
0: with all these skills in your like you're building up this quiver you got all these bows is what it feels like
1: yeah
0: with all these skills what are the toys that we get to look forward to you creating
1: uh general kale will be one um I, I know so like super seven released their uh willow figures this year which are fantastic i feel like i still have something to offer there i think my figure has a little bit more uh love uh into the sculpt part of it so i'm hoping that people will appreciate that um but yeah that's uh, it's a all those this stuff's kind of personal projects for me anyway i'm just happy that anybody's watching <laughs> yeah but uh, that one for sure. I also have a, a Willow figure that I've got on the back burner. Um, and then I've got molds getting getting ready for uh, version 2.0 of my uh, of my um nacho libre figure. Okay. Uh, so that was a figure that I did as a, a swap with the epoxy crusader like two years ago, I think. And um I was like, I was super leaning into the bootleg of it. And this time around, I'm doing a little bit more sculpting and, and make it a little bit more like a uh, movie related, I guess, movie sculpt. Yeah. So yeah, Nacho. And then he'll have Escalito with him, the real skinny guy, which I did kind of lean into the bootleg on him. Um, I showed some stuff on the Toys Alive video, but uh, he's kind of a, it's a Mexican bootleg Batman, super skinny. Mm-hmm. That I've adjusted to look like the little uh his sidekick skinny guy in that movie. So those guys will probably be coming here this year. And then uh I'm furiously working <laughs> right now on the uh heavy metal Hanukkah show. So I don't yep. know when this airs, but it might be out by by the time this airs. Um and so that one, I guess I can talk about it if I'm not giving anything away. Uh, out comes time.
0: out this comes out next week. So on Monday let me know
1: no that's perfect i'm out uh mine (laughs) releases friday this friday so that should be good right so yeah having met a hanukkah piece uh i am doing my interpretation uh, i'm staring at it sorry for looking down but i'm doing my interpretation of the cover from wizards the 1977 ralph bakshi film you're familiar but this is the the creature that uh, Necron ninety nine is riding on, and a saddle, and uh, working on the figure here. So, so sick. <clears throat> uh, sort of. It's an interesting one because I had a really tight timeline, and so I knew I wasn't gonna be able to mold and cast and wax stuff with it. So this is all epoxy sculpt and um and uh, poly. Uh, what do you call it? Like uh, sculpt, super sculpty. Yeah. Because I wanted to like sculpt it and paint it quick without having to do molding and casting. Cause it's always my slow part of my process. And I, I find myself just like, just wanting the wax every moment yeah. of the sculpt, dude. So uh, I will definitely be going back to wax <clears throat> after this, but I, I'm going to finish this one up and paint it as a prototype. And then I think what I'm going to do is uh, just release that like on Friday and then I'll go back, fix it with the wax to my liking, mold and cast, and they'll offer that up for people later on if they're, if anybody's interested in that. But um, So that one will be coming out here soon.
0: That's so um, bad.
1: Yeah. And then I've got a ton of ideas in the sketchbook that I don't know if I'll get to this year, but uh, different scales, more articulation, um, uh, you know, a kind of. I kind of came into my own this year, I think, with like a couple of tools, like Barrio Boba sold me uh, an old pressure pot that of, of his yeah. that like skyrocketed my my work. And then um, talking to Spice Dream Toys and he hooked me up with a, a particular resin that he uses that has a longer curing time. And it was just like this like, oh my God, it's finally working for me because I, yeah. I live in the desert and it's super freaking hot here. And I was not able to, like, mix stuff and pour anything in, especially if I'm trying to inject. There's no way I could get in the pressure pot before it kicked off. And so this low slow cure time resin has really just, like, opened up a bunch of doors for me where I can actually, yeah. like, make some resin pieces. So that's been great. I finally have some confidence with that product. So I feel like this year there's going to be a lot more actual products coming out that you can see and feel and and hopefully grab. But, uh, I love that you
0: say, uh, I don't know if they're com- <clears throat> coming out this year. We got like 11 <laughs> days left of this year, man. So, well,
1: I mean, I'm talking 2023 <laughs> already, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right.
0: <laughs> yeah, I um, I think people forget that it, it takes time to get these things out, especially yeah. if you're working with sculpting and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. My favorite thing at the moment is to have like three or four projects running at once, but having... Yeah like being able to get them out to other people. So they're like sculpting and doing stuff because I got another thing I'm working on.
1: Yeah. That's pretty cool. And that's, I I would love to be to that point where I can uh, like do that collaborative work somehow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's hard to be uh, stuck in. Like, I'm just uh, here in my room doing my own thing. And like, it's hard to like set those deadlines for myself. But I find when I'm working with other people and someone's expecting something of me, I will I will meet that deadline. I'll do anything it takes to meet that deadline. You yeah. know, so that that stuff I I thrive off of that. So hopefully I can get a little bit more of that in the future too.
0: It's a weird uh, mixture of collaboration and man, I don't know what the other word is because you're it turns into uh, you're paying for a service. Sure, which is dangerous. I don't love that. I don't love. <laughs> Um, especially because it, it's working with people that I love, like um, Bastards of the Multiverse, like yeah. working with him and mm-hmm. having him print Astron figures and do all that is awesome. Um, and But he's also sculpting a head for me now. Yeah. And so it's like, it, you don't want it to change a dynamic. You want to collaborate, but I still need to pay him and I still need to sure. make sure that this is, Um, and so it, things like that start to make, start to make things, um, feel different than if I'm just collaborating with someone on a toy that we're both going to sell. Yeah. So I think about that stuff all the time. But I also
1: think like, that's like, if you're, you're farming out a piece of it to to an expert or somebody that's got a a particular skill, that's going to elevate it. Like, that's a little different than just like, you know, farming things out just because like. It's still a bit of a collaboration, I guess, is what yeah. I'm getting at.
0: Definitely. Yeah. I and I I need people to also hear this. Like, there is a lot of stuff. The more that I learn about the toy community, the more I learn about toys, the more I learn about any of this, the more I realize I don't know. So right. same, yeah, like and I, and anyone that comes into this community and says, like, oh, you're dumb because you don't know this. It's like, no shit. Like, I of course I don't know this. Like the amount of knowledge that you need to know everything in this community is insane. And there are skills that I just refuse to put any effort into. And and (laughs) like 3d sculpting is one of those. So working with people because I don't know how to do it, I've gotten really good at prototyping and like sending off that figure and saying like, Hey, this, but not this.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, but... I, I agree. I think the, the same with 3D sculpting for me. It's something that like, oh, that'd be cool to do. I just don't have the time to, like, that's a whole other art form right? that I have to learn. So I'm not ready for that step just yet, you know. And so if I had something that I needed to farm that out for, I don't see anything wrong with that. And especially if you're working with somebody that's like, they're, that's their thing and they're really good at it. Like, that's great, man. That's, yeah. that's, uh, that's us working together to make something better out of, out of this community. And I'd like to see more of that. Honestly, I, I feel like like every day I'm just like, man, I wish I was rich. Cause I would just like start a company and hire all of these, all the toy dudes. And we would just like work together. <laughs> like yeah. imagine the stuff we could do, right? Like it'd be fantastic.
0: My wife is very clear with me about one thing, right? Like we we have fun, we'll give money wherever we need to or we'll do whatever. But she's very clear about one thing, like I can't waste our life savings to start a toy company. <laughs> so cuz I have yeah, this, those discussions. Yeah, cuz I've had yeah. the same dream like Toys on Tap would be such a fun overarching theme where in the building I have illustrators on one end, 3D sculptors on another, and we bring back the reality of toy making.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but she she's put a a stop to that. So for now, it's not happening.
1: Well, I, I think it's that's a whole other topic, maybe. But I find it interesting too the the whole dynamic of like like we're the the toy thing now is like a collector thing is really booming, and is that because of the '80s and the influence of like direct advertising on us when we were kids? Yeah. will that die out with our generation will the next generation have anything like this i don't know Uh, uh, you know so like it's an interesting debate um but right now if we had uh folks working on something i think there's a there's a definite market for like um that very specific uh nerd culture type of uh you know what i mean like well, exactly what everybody's doing in the community. I mean, like, you're yeah. referencing things in pop culture. You're um, maybe licensing a few things here and there that are uh, cool from the past. You're creating new stuff in the old ways. Like, there's a big market, I think, for that for people of our age group right now. Uh, I'm just curious how long that would last if that bubble would, would b- burst and die off at some point.
0: I think there's hope for it. I just read an article that a quarter of all toy sales are adults that used to like play with action figures. Right. That, that means that even in the midst of electronics and all that stuff, the other three quarters are because people are currently buying them, which is thank thank God.
1: Right. <laughs> um,
0: Cause that, that is a real fear. Like this is a, a fun hobby that I like to do a discipline. Um, and I think toys on tap is a great thing as well. Um, yeah. And there's so many artists that Toys on Tap, I have secured a spot where I have longevity because there's so many artists coming and going. The hard part is like, toys may not be here forever. Right. Toys on tap could be, but toys, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. So I don't know.
1: Well, the flip side of that is, are we uh, are we turning the quote unquote toy into an art form? And will that art form outlast quote unquote toys, right? Yeah. Because it could be this like medium to express yourself artistically, which, I've you know, that there's people that are doing that. Um, And does that become does that gain momentum, I guess, in the art world? You know, I've seen like there's a couple of galleries now that are open that do this kind of thing. I've seen some shows and stuff. So that's another avenue that would be interesting to to watch, I guess.
0: More than anything, I would say that the toy community is becoming problematic on being able to get toys. <clears throat> now, let me – I can quantify that statement. Um, It is – at one point, it was easy to find certain toys. But as popularity grows amongst this growing community, finding those toys doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Um, Even for things like – there have been times I've gone to swap meets and flea markets and found street sharks. It was a fun toy line. Yeah. Um, and it's cool to see them. I don't see them anywhere now. And now they go for like 50, 60 bucks for one. And it's like, what are we doing here? What? What is, uh, so I think that like, we are slowly and unintentionally plotting our own demise with like toy collecting, which is whatever it is, what it is. But. Yeah.
1: But you're also you have the bootleg world that is making copies of those things and and so like there's you can still maybe get a street sharks figure that's a resin piece that has some oh, of yeah. these artistic flair in it and is that that could be even cooler like you know what i mean? I I I sometimes uh struggle with like do i am i wanting the original stuff or is this better, <laughs> you know what i yeah. mean? Cuz the resin stuff uh i honestly i usually side with the artist it's like well this guy's creating this stuff yeah from scratch and i i think that's pretty uh that's cool to support that i guess and it's pretty neat that people are doing it so i'd rather give my money there but i think too that's going back to the sculpting stuff Um, with some stuff like kerfloss is doing like he's sharing his molds with people and they're you know sharing that type of thing like, there are people creating things from scratch now that could be that next thing that people are going to be iterating oh, yeah. on for, for the next generation. And that's, I hope, hopefully I can be on you know, in on that. That would be really cool if someone interested in working with something I sculpted. You know, That would be cool. So, yeah. hopefully. What
0: I've found is I love, I mean, I love yeah. um, bootlegs, like actual bootlegs from different countries. And the thing, like, with Street Sharks, there is a bootleg of it. It's called Ocean Warriors and which is cool i own a couple of them and they're fun and chonky figures um but what's even better is there's a toy artist that's in argentina that bootlegs the bootleg company oh yeah and nice. and puts his own flair and they look so sick um and i want all his work constantly cuz <laughs> the only thing that stops me is like the shipping costs but right. um yeah i it's
1: which uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's really funny in the collecting world, too. I mean, going off the of strict bootlegs, like maybe the 80s companies that were bootlegging popular toys at the time. Yeah, um, Like, those were, like, I remember as a kid where it was just like, this is stupid, this is not real, and it would be worthless, and you just kind of tossed it to the side. But those are the things that everybody is wanting nowadays that pay huge money for these, like, cheap, knockoff, weird, quirky little things yep. that nobody cared about forever. And um and that sort of got I got the bug, I guess, a little bit on that too. It it's uh I, I find it interesting, those kind of like little, you know, leaning into the bootleg part of it where it's just like, well, yeah. maybe there's some flashing or whatever, but like it's a unique, quirky thing. Um and that feels more artistic in some way. Yeah, so, I don't know. I don't know. I, I hate to say that because like I'm super into like realistic sculpting and stuff like that that's definitely artistic quote unquote yeah but there's also there's also this thing about the quirkiness you know the weird weird stuff and uh shoving heads on things that, that don't belong like I really get into that type of thing in the bootleg world too so i don't know there's a whole different there's all kinds of different stuff out there for people right i think
0: yeah and i think it's a different beauty right like my yeah. one of my prized possessions is a full set of um, Mexican bootleg, uh, TMNT figures. Oh, like, yeah. I, I had to buy them like separately, and they look, if we're being on, they look crazy stupid. Like, we just, <laughs> I don't know what people were thinking, but, um, and they were on backers that didn't make sense. Some of them had Batman on them, and <laughs> that's um, awesome. And I was able to get clamshells and like fix it up a little bit, but for some reason, those I hold really high. Um, yeah. But if you were to see them from outside the toy community, you would think that those were so stupid. (laughs) No. (laughs) Like, Krang is white, and he has, it looks like lipstick on.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just take a brush and just slap something on there real quick. Yeah, they don't care. Love it. Love it. Yeah, that's I I got my hand on a, a Polish bootleg Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle.
0: Ooh, that's a good one.
1: And oh my God, dude. It's so cool. Like, I don't know. And I just, I nerd out on that more than any of the original yeah. stuff. I, I, I love the original stuff. Don't get me wrong. But like that thing is so interesting and quirky. Like it's cool. I don't know. It's interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know? With all of this in mind, we we come to the end part of the podcast where you get to like plug everything. Um, but before we get to that little specific part, I have to ask: mm-hmm. Are you returning to Decon twenty
1: twenty three? Yeah, yeah. Kerf and I will both be there. Like sick.
0: even sense. with the later
1: date. Even yeah, it's uh. Well, I think it's earlier, right? Isn't it December eleventh?
0: Uh. Well, yeah. This year it was what November something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, I gotcha.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're pushing yeah. December. So. Yes. Yes. Um.
1: Yeah, and that'll be interesting to see how the attendance is. Um, but we had so much fun just like hanging out together and working across from each other that I don't know that it really matters how much we yeah. sell or whatever, you know? So
0: I'm trying to think of the because next year I'm trying to think if this, if a booth is where I'm headed and, and if it makes sense to get an Airbnb and then invite, like if I walk by you and Kerfloss's booth and it's like, hey, after this. Come have a beer. Come, like, kick it with us for a while.
1: Yeah. Like, we're, that's we're the type of stuff about, I want to do. We were talking about that one, too, on the Toys Alive, where it's like, we all have these plans of, like, yeah, dude, let's hang out. And and then, like, you're just so exhausted at the end of the day, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to, like, make that happen. But I'm all about it. I would love to. It, it, I feel like the weekend just disappeared. And so you kind of have to grab it by the horns and, and, and be a little sleepy because... Yeah. All of a sudden, those guys Indeed. are gone, and I was like, man, I didn't get to hang out with anybody. Well, I did, but not as much as I wanted to, you know? Yeah.
0: This is – it is a real thing. You will sleep when you're dead. You have right. <laughs> 48 to 72 hours with all the people that you interact with online that you get to see in person. Get right. your ass out to a Denny's and see them.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly.
0: I was so – I it's, it was such a bummer going up there. I usually only go up there on Saturdays um went up there and i hated having to leave and then not even hanging out with a lot of the people and so next year it's like regardless if i have a booth or not there will be an airbnb so that people can come back and we can hang out because it's stupid to not do that for me
1: yeah i'm down dude uh yeah that was we were trying i was trying to connect with the one trick pony he was there and we we saw each other at the show and stuff but it's like you gotta go back to your table we can only talk for a few minutes and that was we were like, oh, let's go hang out tonight. Okay, well he's going to one place. So I'm going to some other place. Well, we'll try the next night, and we just never connected. So it would be cool to have some sort of central location where we're all gonna hang out. I'd be, yeah, I'd be all about it for sure.
0: So now that we've come to the end, plug everything about you, where we can find you. If you have another show going on, if you're on interview somewhere else, if you're slowly cooking yeah. toys that you haven't told us about yet, all that stuff. Uh-huh.
1: I definitely have that. Uh I don't really, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of stuff to plug right now. I um you can find me on Instagram, Death and Strawberries at, at Death and Strawberries. Um I I have, like I said, I'll have a few things coming out here in 2023. Uh General Kale will be in progress. Um, you'll see the heavy metal Hanukkah stuff. Uh, you know, probably have already seen it. Um, so that will be molding and casting. Um and then uh, Nacho Libre and all that stuff will be coming out here soon as well. But uh, all that stuff will be on Instagram. I do have a YouTube channel that I that I started up. I don't have any videos in there yet, but that's on the list for this year. I'm trying to push myself into doing some YouTubing. And so potentially, if I have the time, you might see some stuff on there. Um, and hopefully uh, that's interesting for people i'm gonna try and keep it quirky and fun so awesome yeah dude thank it. you
0: so much for coming on being my 100th episode it was so worthwhile. thank you
1: Finally, a reason to go back to the office, introducing 9to5Warriors, an exciting new toy line created for the Toys R Us kid that never grew up, offering 10 unique characters that are perfect for your cubicle or home office. The 9to5Warriors are available through Big Bad Toy Store. Join the battle alongside Major Eraser and the Water Cooler Commandos as they keep the peace. Or wreak havoc with Colonel Custard and the Break Room Bandits. Choose your side as these two forces clash over total office domination. It every
0: day from 9 to
1: 5. Warning, do not leave unattended. Each figure sold separately. When you punch out, they come punching in.